What is up? What is up? Week 16, sixth man. We are back. What a week in the basketball world. We have Stanford, who won the women's NCAA tournament. Congrats to them. Uh, they won a one-point game. We had Jalen Suggs hitting an unbelievable game winner. Uh, did he call bank? He called game. Uh, that, was, that was tough. Um uh, hearts go out to our, our dear friend in UCLA, Megan Castro. That's tough to lose. Um, and also, Space Jam trailer dropped as well, which is, um, you know, a little nod. Uh, Lola Bunny doing her best Dwayne Wade impression, which uh, we all loved. And um, I think is the Goon Squad uh, teaming up with a couple of um, WNBA players, uh, as well as NBA players, so nice uh, intertwining there. What did we got? What did we think of the uh, new trailer, guys? I loved it, man. Like I am so hyped for this movie. I'm so excited. We I do don't care have, if it's. Huh? Jordan, I was just going to say we do have somebody in the ranks that she doesn't watch movie trailers uh, because they do spoil. So I do get that point. But yeah, continue, Jordan. Yeah, but yeah, it's got me so hyped. I don't care if people saying, oh, it's just nostalgia. It's going to be a terrible movie and all that. I've been waiting for this movie since it's been announced. Nothing can throw me off. I'm going all in, 3D, premiere seating, large popcorn. Of course, when everything's open and if cinema's open again, which, yeah, COVID, but still. I can imagine. Why are you buying the popcorn? Jordan. Jordan also buying the seats around him as well, so there's no one else in his vicinity. It's just Jordan, exactly. and just uh, got all this space around him that he can just do what he wants. And did I say 3D as well? 3D's in there as well. <laughs> I'm not with 3D, man. I hate 3D. I think it's such a rip off. <laughs> I reckon it'd look good in 3D because it's like a nice, colourful film. It's like cartoony. I reckon it'd probably look good. Like it's the dark, dark like horrible films that you want to stay away from the 3d yeah yeah well exciting stuff and um that comes out in a couple of months so uh exciting to see how that turns out and see if um yeah just see if how it compares to the original and yeah. um, right let's get on with the two divisions uh i flipped it around this time in terms of these two so we're going to talk about the pacific first uh, there has been a lot going on since we last spoke about these teams. But I'm going to start off with the team with the best record this week, and that is the scorching Phoenix Suns, as always. They're on fire. Three and oh this week, 34 and 14, the overall record. We're going to head to the man who doesn't watch trailers, uh, but he's good. he has been watching the Suns, uh, Jay Well. I don't watch trailers to films that I already know I'm going to go see. I don't need convincing, so. No, I 100% second that. 100% second that. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, yeah, Suns, man. Yeah, shout out the record. Um, they've won nine in their last ten uh, on a five-game winning streak as well. So, um, yeah, man- maintaining that heat from the last time that we spoke. Um uh, played my beloved Hawks, Devin Booker, I got 21, and Dario got 20 off the bench, two highlight guys in that game. Uh, Bulls, Bulls game, uh, Booker got 45 on 70% shooting, which is amazing because he's not been super efficient this year, so it's lovely to see him turn, um, turn up on that side of things. Um, Chris Paul, casual 19 and 14. Thank you very much, Bray. Um, and then uh, OKC okay, game, uh, <laughs> they got, I got 
Devin Booker, another 30-plus point game with 32. Um, yeah, Joe Crabber's been hot as well. Just want to shout him out because um, he had a little bit of a lull midway through the season, but he's back gunning which uh, in the lead-up to the playoffs, which is uh, very exciting. Um, they're fifth in uh, NBA defensive efficiency and seventh in offensive efficiency. Nice little <laughs> top 10 combo on both sides of the floor to uh, to prove why they have the record that they have at this point in the season. In the uh, Bulls game, you, you shouted out CP3. He's got 19 points, three rebounds, 14, turn, uh, 14 assists, but he only has one turnover. And that is so impressive. I get more turnovers on 2K. Um just to put that in perspective. Well, that um, so who can blame me on that? I'm only on All Star, but, but uh, yeah, I appreciate. I appreciate. It. It's um, oh, I'm man. not. I'm not. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. No. Um, yeah, you spoke about Jay Crowder. He's yeah. obviously another guy who's who's a role player. Another player I wanted to bring up is a guy called Tory Craig. So he was with Denver, uh, but was in a crowded wing, wing rotation. Currently, he's earned actually more playing playing time. He's averaging around 20 minutes per game. He had 12 points and eight rebounds against your Hawks. What, what does he bring to the Suns team in terms of uh, what you've seen out in the, short, the small sample size? Um, well, he brings an element of uh, physicality to them as well. I mean, I think that, you know, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, they're very sort of like fadeaway type players in the mid-range to get their shots, whereas he's a bit more of a bang-bang guy, which is nice to have. You want that physicality side of things when you're going into the playoffs. DeAndre Ayton, uh, he's actually been pretty good defensively, hasn't taken the steps uh, that you might have expected offensively uh, with him. But he, again, he's not a crazy physical type guy. Um, so him alongside Jay Crowder, um, two really good wing guys that are, that, that are really strong basically. Um, yeah. Um, another thing I'm, I wanted to say on them is that uh, in terms of their like efficiency um, offensively, they're first in the NBA between zero and eight feet to the basket. They lead the league in 62% field goal. Um, and between eight feet and 16 feet, they're 50% also leading the NBA um, in percentages there as well. Um, it doesn't get too shabby um, a little bit further out. They're sixth. Um, with 16 to 24 feet um, and um, 24 feet plus their eighth. So they're just, they're top 10 in like every single area of the floor in efficiency in their shooting, um, which is amazing. And I love the fact that their best percentages are in that like mid-range area because in a copycat league where everybody's trying to shoot threes and get, you know, get open layups if they can, they're really shooting well in the spots that are less of a focus for other teams, which is probably where they've been able to um, get the best of uh, other guys. Ed spoke before the podcast. We are only going to speak about these teams maybe one or two times before we draft them. Just also a heads up for you guys. The Suns currently sit in the second seed in the West and they've got their, they've made a bit of a gap. Okay. So who knows? Is someone going to take them early? The Lakers are going to fall. I don't know. It's very, it's very interesting. Very interesting. And also, big credit to the Suns. They had the bubble. They're now in the second seed in a packed West Conference. They only really added Chris Paul, let's be honest here. Um, but they, they made some noise and they backed it up. So huge credit to the Suns and what they're doing this year. We'll see what happens.
Wildy, you said they went nine and ten. What was that one loss? Can you can you can you check what that one loss was? Oh, I'm sure you're about to tell me. <laughs> Come on, man, work it out. I'm just wondering. When, when you did say that, you can edit this out. But when you did say, it, I'm like, I swear we beat them like a couple of weeks ago. I was like, okay, yeah, it was. I just, I just want to keep that out there. Just, just, just let you know. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm not focused on the one. I like the nine. I like looking at the number nine. Just <laughs> there is also another team which has been moving up the standings. Um, talking about the Lakers demise, and that is their key rivals. The, the Clippers, who went two and two this week, they're thirty three and eighteen, um, solid position in the seedings. Uh, let's talk about the Clippers, Ed. Yeah, so as you mentioned, Alex, thirty three and eighteen. So they went eight and four since we last spoke about them, and within that, they went two and two last week. So before that, they were six and two. Now the two and two is interesting because they had some really, really disappointing losses from their side. Uh, well, there's a reason why I'll talk about this game a bit more. So one of the losses was against Orlando, which I am not hearing any excuses about any losses to Orlando. I watched because I knew Skip and Shannon were going to talk about it on Undisputed, and I watched it. And, you know, Shannon said, well, you have to say, then Skip, he starts talking about um, players being injured and players being tired. I'm like, you can use that excuse for any team in the NBA, apart from Orlando. They have had eight players on rotation for the past month. Um, so that is really disappointing. That's just from a very um, overview. When you get into the granular of the game, so the Clippers were doing really well in terms of posting up Kawhi, and Kawhi was getting some really good post-up buckets and shooting mid-ranges against Orlando. They would do that was really, really effective. But then Orlando started um, doing double teams, and this was double teams when when Kawhi's backing up, he's not looking to pass, he's just backing up, and it comes from the weak side, and it comes as a surprise. When he does do that, when Orlando did do that, Kawhi did do a good job of getting the ball out of his hand and to other players. That's exactly what Orlando wanted. They wanted other players to make plays, which wasn't happening as it was throughout the remainder of the year. I've mentioned previously how the Clippers have got the best three-point shooting in the league. Against Orlando, they went something like 35%. Again, make or miss league. If you miss your shots, it looks a lot worse than making them. Um, so yeah, they would release the ball to other players to make plays and Paul George was out. But again, that's why a lot of players say, a lot of analysts tend to say it's going to rely on Paul George. What can Paul George, when he does, when he do, when he does have the ball, if Kawhi does get double teamed, what does Paul George do? On the last play, um, Clippers ran a play. They had a free, missed it, got the offensive rebound, which uh, was really big for them because they didn't get a lot of offensive rebounds against the Magic. They didn't get those extra possessions. Kicked out to Terrence Mann. Terrence Mann hit a three. Missed again. Oh, no. Sorry, that was that. Terrence Mann hit the three, missed. Ball came out, and then Kawhi got the ball. Now, even with the three and the Kawhi possession, you still want the Clippers to attack the rim and get something in the middle, get something a bit easier, or force the referees to have to make a call, something of that nature. But they didn't. They settled for the three-point shot. There was still time to get into the paint, get an easier shot, make a defensive play, go back. They didn't, they didn't do that. So on the last play again, Kawhi got the ball. Michael Carter-Williams got a steal. And he had a clip and he was running to the other side. I was really disappointed in Kawhi Lennon's attitude for that play because as soon as mm. he lost the ball, he started jogging back um, on that play. And you see Markeith Morris coming further back from Kawhi, running to try at least make a play. Now, 
even if the play from quiet is to foul Michael Cut Williams before he's shooting, that's fine. Michael Cut Williams isn't the best free throw shooter. At least that's a play he's making for the team, and that's an extra effort. I was really disappointed by that from Kawhi. Um, if you do watch it, keep keep, keep note of that because it's really disappointing that body language. Uh, to help that point as well, uh, Orlando had 15 fast break points. The Clippers only had two. Those are easy points you can get off turnovers. There just wasn't that energy. Maybe part of it was because of their congested schedule. But again, I'm not having that as an excuse against Orlando. So um, final point I'll say about on this Clipper stuff, when the Clippers do get into these slumps where they're not hitting their three-point shots, you want to rely on defense, sort of limit the other team scoring. And the Clippers throughout the start of the year, something I mentioned before, hadn't had the best defense. Since the All-Star break, they've been fifth in defense, which is really nice for them that they, they can sort of now rely on defense a bit more. Now with Rondo also coming into the team and being a better defensive presence than um, Lou Will was, Lou Will was something that had nexus. They had excess of scoring. Let's get some defensive intensity and some leadership. It was nice that they did that. So that's also was a bit more positive on the Rondo trade than um, some of the other people were. Or you were, Alex. Really interesting this week. They beat the Bucks by 24. Then they lose to the Magic. Uh, another point on that. The Magic, 22 uh, out of 25 from free throw. The Clippers, 10 of 10. Huge differences. Uh, so Magic really forcing the issue on that. Then they lose to the Nuggets by seven. Uh, and Kapoff would, would win against the Lakers, but the Lakers have no Drummond, no AD, no LeBron. The Clippers have signed DeMarcus Cousins to a 10-day contract. Boogie is back in the league. How is he going to be able to help with this Clippers team? Uh, I don't know how long he's going to be there. Um, yeah, what do you think about it, Ed? I was surprised how he wasn't picked up earlier. Maybe that was me being a bit naive because he didn't necessarily perform badly for Houston. He had some pretty good performances. Maybe, I mean, maybe Bray, who was potentially following a bit closer than I was the early year in, in Houston, the early season in Houston. But I was surprised no one picked him up. And I do like it for the Clippers because we know Boogie will hold some of the players accountable, just like he did call out James Harden when he was in Houston, which... I was surprised that he did because he literally just got there and was calling out James Harden saying this this shouldn't necessarily be running. If Ty Lue and Rondo empower him to be like, yeah, go because obviously Rondo and Boogie played together in New Orleans, which if it wasn't for that injury, I really felt that team of Boogie, uh, Cousins, uh, Boogie, AD and Rondo could really had caused some issues in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I digress. Uh, but maybe... Tyler bring them to in was saying hopefully this will be the kick up the backside Clippers need so I, I like it I like the potential for it if it doesn't work out it's a 10-day contract whatever I mean he could put put more flame into into that Clippers locker room but yeah yeah I mean the back is missing so uh Boogie actually ranked second in defensive rebound percentage uh which helps them even more because the Clippers actually lead that category already so if it's anything, it could be a boost to that more boards. Um, I know they're, they're short in other areas, but if they can be strong within uh, grabbing rebounds, but that's that's good for them. Clip is just more a mentality thing rather than anything on the court. We know they can shoot the lights out. We know they can get buckets. When it comes down to clutch and getting those tough and gritty games, something we've been speaking on for months now, that's where they've got the biggest question marks. I feel like Clippers is like a friend that you want to meet up with and they're always like, coming up with excuses, you know, they're like, oh, gee, I can't do it this week. And you're like, you were like, oh, I've got this potential there, but it just never, just never happens, man. Are you we'll remixing see my hot sister? Yeah. Are, you remi- are you remixing my hot sister's analogy? <laughs> nah, the hot sister, well, mm, 
great transition here because the hot sister it's looking kind of flat right now uh george <laughs> yeah uh, the lakers one and two this week they are they've been derailed by injuries and they are flying down those standings um massively and all when you're about to t- overtake ed at the number one seed um he's gone blackout he might be pissed but how are you feeling about the lakers george um, yeah, flying. That, that's a nice way to put it nicely. I would say just straight up falling. Um, at this point, it feels, <laughs> it feels like uh, someone's cut my parachute and Lake, Lakers are falling. Like it, it's been a struggle. It, it really has. Um, so this week they've been, uh, they've gone one and two. In the last 10 games, they've gone four and six. So like, the the fall is coming like you're saying the lebron and anthony davis's absence is being felt and you can see that all the way through um so this their past couple of games they've had a game against the clippers obviously which they lost that that was a that was waxed (laughs) yeah that was a struggle a real struggle to watch let's let's not be Um, light here joe they got absolutely destroyed Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, they did. And Kuzma tried to, you know, take out Kawhi <laughs> in the game just to help him a bit. But that didn't work out well. Um, yeah, so that ended 1-4 to 86, which which was just, yeah, that was a brutal one. Uh, they won against the Kings. Uh, Kuzma put on a show, 30 points, ending in that. So that's good. But again with Milwaukee Bucks was tough. And the thing is, I think it's only going to get tougher because we don't know when their core in LeBron and Davis will be back. And I think um, they're going to play the Celtics on the 15th. If Davis hasn't returned since then, it's been two months since we've last seen Davis, almost two months. Wow. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's not looking good. It looks like they're going to drop to the sixth seed. But yeah, even, so looking at like the Clippers game, Montrez got their their team high. He had nineteen points. But Schroeder, eight points, seven re, uh, seven assists in thirty three minutes. Three of twelve, not good enough. KCP, yeah. eight points, not good enough. Kuzma, six points, two of ten uh, field goal, not good enough. Morris, nine points. It's just there's nothing across the board. Like there's no team like grabbing this, this team by the scruff of the neck and saying that like, what are we doing here? You know? It's like what you said. Um, They just don't have enough in what you previously said. And I I think it's um, with teams which are built around those stars, those other players can be like, oh, we got it good. We can just sit back, let them take us. And then if that player goes down, they're like, oh, Oh, we we got to play. Um, <laughs> can you remember how to dribble a ball? Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, I mainly just passed it to LeBron, but uh, I can try. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what else is so funny, George? It's well, not like uh, LeBron can trade them as well. He's stuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's not. He's exactly. not calling the GM. He's not the GM. <laughs> There's a really interesting point, George. I want to uh, want us to speak about this. Mark Gasol, right? doing some research about this. Mark Sol came out and he's been questioning his place on the team since the Lakers added Drummond. Uh, I've taken the quote. So he said, I think there's a there's an if, if they need you. And it's a big if. You're not plan A right now. You're plan C, D, 
but you have to accept that because that's your job and that's what you sign up to so sign up to do but it's never easy to accept that sounds like there's rumblings inside the organization are we are we seeing the demise of the lakers am i taking stuff a little bit too far here um i'm not i'm not counting the lakers out too soon personally um i'm keeping my fingers crossed like i'll hold tight through the rough times and hopefully It'll get better on the other side. I'm hoping someone puts out a bouncy castle beneath me so I can just land slightly softer. But we'll see. Like, they're, they're still going to take their pains and their grunts. That's going to happen. It's standard, but they need to sit tight with that. In terms of what's going internal with, like, Mark Gasol, if that is the case with the scenario, um, we've seen it with previous players in the past, like Kamalo Anthony being a big one with that where it's coming to that stage where, yeah, you're not that top guy anymore and you need to uh, you need to find that place whether you adjust the position. And I think it's tougher with that um, Lakers organisation currently because they have that stack players and it's just hit up to him where he needs to fit in. It, is he willing to just sit back and be like, okay, I'm like... I'm not that top option or the, like you said, all the way CD option. Is he happy just sitting and just waiting for his name to be called? So, yeah. That's a lot of questions, bro. A lot of questions, uh, especially for a team where we were th saying that, like, they have so many options. And right mm. now, their two main guys go down. And you're looking across the bench. You're like, yeah, I'm really here. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it's like that meme which I showed where Steph Curry was looking at Lakers bench. I think it's <laughs> the other way around now. <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, I've, injuries aside, this might just be the LeBron experience, though. This uncertainty. Look how they've built their team. There's no, like, mm. people who've been there for ages. There's no chemistry. It's all just come together magically. And it's great when you're winning, but yeah. when people get injured and you're not, what happens then? That's what I'm saying. Well, when, seeing... Once that's out, it's, it's tough, man. Are we seeing the Lakers fall into the second round of our playoff draft? Oh, absolutely not. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't think they're going to be a top. I don't think they're going to be a top four seed. Pending mm. injury, though. Obviously, like, look, if 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 Davis returns, doesn't return until the last week of the season. If LeBron doesn't come back until the last week of the season. I'd be concerned if they can come back in the next any point in the next two to three weeks gives them a, enough run time to get back into the screen things. Because if those two guys are even at 80%, I, I fancy them in a first round playoff series. And if they get, I think that could, it could be one of those ones where it's more difficult at the start and then they're absolutely demolishing people by the end. Is it out of the question to say that they might even slip below the sixth seed? And therefore, be in the playing tournament. I, Just looking, at I, I don't know, man. I don't think they could. I think LeBron's in his hybrid chamber. He's ready to come back. You know, uh, I think he's grinding away. He's got his magic, hasn't he? I know it's like another year since, right? But look, 
in the bubble, regular season side of it, right? Lakers came back, they were a lot sluggish. It didn't look too great. Everyone was like, oh, no. Is this finally when LeBron doesn't get it? And then as soon as the playoffs come on, LeBron lights the match uh, and the rocket explodes, man. So they're flying, and then they'll be flying. Like, But it's just about, as we say, when they come back. But I'm just saying, if that man is on the floor, they can never be counted out. Yeah. I mean, how pissed would you be if you were the Jazz, you're just absolutely yeah. chilling at the top of the standings, and then you have to play LeBron, the AD in the first round, and this incredible regular season you put together, like, could they, like it could be sweat. It could get sweat. Like, it would be absolutely disgusting. Well, yeah. <laughs> if, if, they, if they wanted motivation for getting picked last, it's right there. Mm. But we've we've got it confirmed, guys. Wildy is going to be taking the Lakers in the first round. So everybody, let's just start planning around that. Okay. <laughs> the fourth team in this conference that we're going to be talking about um are the Golden State Warriors, Dub Nation in the house. Uh we're gonna to head to our correspondent in the Bay Area. Uh he did have the background. I don't know if, if Matt will end up bringing uh, the background back, maybe for playoff time, who knows? The Warriors are one and one and two this week. They're twenty three and twenty seven overall. They're currently sitting tenth in the West. Um, talk to me about how Steph's doing out there. Um, well, you've actually done us a favour there. Um, the Warriors are actually one and three this week, Alex. Um, sorry about oh, that. Actually? So, oh, yeah, well, so it's not Dub Nation. It's very much L Nation right now um, in ah. Golden State. Um, yeah, they're twenty three and twenty seven. They're currently sitting in tenth in the West. Since they beat the Rockets on the 17th of March um, to go 21 and 20, um, Steph Curry has only played three out of the last nine games um, due to like a bruised tailbone. And the Warriors have lost seven of those nine games since that win against the Rockets. And without Steph, they were one and five. And the five losses included losses against the Grizzlies, Sixers, and then the Kings, Hawks and Raptors. So it's not exactly unbelievable competition either but we'll start off with the good news they obviously beat the Bulls at the start of the week um, 116 to 102 Um, Steph actually returned got 32 points 13 13 points in the first quarter um, on his first game back Um, highlight of the game definitely was Draymond Green um, with a logo three Um, he just absolutely just heaved it as the shot clock expired so yeah you'll never see that again um, so that was that was definitely a highlight. And then a loss to the Heat, 116 to 109. Um, Steph, 36 points, 11 rebounds. There's, a, again, nice production from him, but there's a poor performance from the Warriors. They had 20 turnovers to the Heat's 11. So that was probably the main thing that stood out for me from that result. And then they got beat, well, as we like to say, in my house, in Lancashire Lambeer's house. We help each other out to our teams. Now, I mentioned last week how the Nuggets gave a little handy win to the Raptors to give them that boost of confidence. And what have the Warriors gone and done? They've given the Raptors a lovely little kick as well. And they decided to lay down and get beat 130 to 77 by them. Um, A 53-point margin, which um, was the third biggest loss in Warriors history. The, The good thing is, is that I'm actually speaking about the Raptors in the second part. So... You'll get twice of the facts um, from me today about this game. (laughs) 
So what I'll come with is I'll come with the negatives on the Warriors side and then the positives when I talk about the Raptors later. So, Warriors. No Steph and Draymond for this game, which meant they started with Juan Toscano-Anderson in place of Draymond Green at power forward. He played 12 minutes, recorded zero points, one rebound, one assist, two turnovers, and three personal fouls and finished with minus 20 on the box score. Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins both had minus 37. And Oubre actually only managed to play 19 minutes. So to get minus 37 in 19 minutes is fair play to that. That's impressive. Um, So yeah, this was the third biggest loss in Warriors history. Um, They trailed by 61 points at one point in the fourth quarter. Um, It's only the third time in the last 25 years that a team has trailed by more than 60 points in a game. Um, So... Very impressive defeat. And then they go and get beat again by the Hawks, uh, 117 to 111, uh, which is actually a much more reasonable scoreline to lose by. Yeah, the um, the Raptors' loss, the 53-point loss, is, is something that I want to pick out. Uh, but we're, go- we're going to spin it on this head and we're going to make it a bit more personal. Um, Matt, I wouldn't, you know, it's a, a, humi- a humiliating moment uh, for the Warriors. I want you to talk about your most humiliating moment Um in your life, just in general. Uh, if you if you need an example, I can give you a moment from me. Yeah? Okay. Would you like to hear it? I, yeah, <laughs> uh, my, my card was declined uh, when I was trying to make a, uh, have a Boots Mill deal, uh, which showed you how much money I had left in my, <laughs> in my bank account. Uh, boots Mill deal is, I think it's just under four quid. Uh, those are rough times. Those are, those are yeah, oh, that was awful. Have, you didn't have a check-ins and the savings and it just didn't go through? Oh, no, I just didn't. You know, the way my bank account is set up, I just didn't. Yeah. 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 Oh, no. Yeah. It wasn't good. And also, I was with someone, you know, maybe trying to impress them. It, oh, no. No. Oh, dear. Were you buying the meal deal for yourself or for them? That's the question. Oh, basically, it was me. It for them. If it, oh, I got it. Oh, no, I don't. Take it back. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not hungry, you know. <laughs> Is it one of those ones where you, you, you're about to get robbed and then the person robbing you, you, robbing you decides to give you money instead? <laughs> you're like, oh, bro. Bro, here. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Um, Matt, have you got any good uh, humiliating stories? Any bad stories? Um... I so said we'll keep it on the world of sport, um, just okay. because um, it could go, we could go down a very dark path if we actually keep it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we spent, I spent half an hour on this on this subject. I think we need to kill. <laughs> yeah, we, I think we need to keep it to the world of sport. Um, I remember vividly a football game in which we were against top of the league, and they were our arch rivals, and they would always beat us every game because they had all these academy players that would all be playing for like Man United, Liverpool, etc. And it was a top of the table clash and we were 1-0 up at half time and it was such an achievement to be 1-0 up. And then unfortunately I scored an own goal to make it 1-1 and then we went on to lose the game 7-1. So I opened the floodgates unfortunately. (laughs) That was humiliating I'd say. Were you playing in in defence? Yeah, I was a centre back. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, the worst. He's that's Lancashire's right. answer to Harry Maguire. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, that's that's rough, man. At least your card didn't get bounced, so you were good. 
All right, let's um, let's close out uh, this division with the Sacramento Kings, which I know Bray he loves to talk about this team. He is so excited. You know, he's always texting me, and he's like, "When are we next talking about the Kings?" I'm like, "Just wait. You get your chance." One in three this week. Uh, the one in three this week. They're 22 and 28 overall. They're they're 12th in the West. Uh, maybe they should have collaborated with the Suns because they probably would have won some more games. Um, but they've been on a good stretch this uh, recently, Bray. So uh, I will give you, I will give them their respect. Uh, Bray, talk about the Kings. Yeah, it's good that you mentioned that at the end to save it. I was going to have to come in and be like, if we talked about them last week, I would have been well pumped because since we last spoke about them, they are seven and five. They're positive, you know. It's not amazing, but this is the Kings we're talking about. You know, obviously they are the worst half of the Sun Kings dynasty. Um, and yeah, 22 and 28, as you mentioned, a 12 seed. Interestingly, they are only one game behind the Warriors for the 10 seed. So it is in spitting distance, which is, I think I've probably said before, the peak of this team, which is excellent. Unfortunately, they, you know, while they, they could be closer because this week they're on a, now on a three-game losing streak. It's like, they're so... We had this with the Hawks. So annoying. So uh, inconsistent. It's like... We, we, have, we're, we're now, we're, we have a three-game winning streak now, now that we're not talking about them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, literally. It, it's so many of these teams, and it's always the ones in the middle that are like flip-flopping around each other. They go on these little streaks, and then you just can't string 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 the wins together. Um, they are locked in this battle with the Pelicans and the Warriors, who obviously they got waxed, and you know the Warriors, despite winning against my balls, I think have looked a bit shaky. Um, and I think the Kings should really be looking to pounce on that. The Pelicans as well. Um, depending on whether they remember remember Zion is on their team or not, could look good or bad night to night. Um, so yeah, I think they're definitely in the right mix. And me looking at the Kings roster, how they've played all season, I go, I kind of fancy it. You know, they deserve to be there. It's not like they're they're complete outsiders. So totally fair enough. Um, they've had some really tough losses. Um, so the 76ers. And the Hornets, um, the Hornets are, I think, in my opinion, a way better team. That was when they did have Hayward still. Um, but unfortunately, they, they played the Bucks. I think it was last night, who weren't, didn't have Yanis. And it's like, you're playing the Bucks. you don't have someone who could be considered the MVP. That is a game you've got to turn up for and pounce and get a win that the schedule says you probably shouldn't. And then they had another one against the Lakers, no LeBron and AD. How on earth are you not winning that? Like, you, that, that's another one. They're a team you should, like, this, the schedule says you're not going to beat the Lakers, but now you've got a chance to pounce on them. You really have to. And they, the same thing, someone they're locked in, kind of the bit below the Spurs. It's a, if you beat the Spurs, you get that much closer to them. Like, they split the season series. If they'd taken both games, they would have been in such a good position. But... It's just consistency, really, um, I think. And the good news, obviously, I said last week, if we talked about them, um, last week, um, the Aaron Fox was the Western Conference Player of the Week when they went 4-0, and he averaged 37, 3.5 rebounds, 5.5 assists, um, and two steals on 64, 37, and 82% splits. Like, man is balling. He's been really, really good. His outside shot has has come and it's basically allowed him 
to just get to the paint at will because people aren't can't sit off anymore. And he is deceptively fast. Got a great nickname as well. Love his nickname, Swiper, Swiper Fox. Love that. Um, yeah, the, the Kings are so annoying. It's like the kid that you they want your attention and they're doing really well. They're doing something good, and you come over to see how they're doing, and you know they haven't built anything. You know the sandcastle isn't made. You're like, oh, great. Yeah, I don't know what's up with that. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm trying to throw it out there. You know, you I like just thinking about kids on the beach. I don't know what the fuck is going. <laughs> oh. Listen, you said it. You don't get yourself fired, Ed. You said it. That's don't get fired moment. Don't get fired. <laughs> anyway. Don't get divorced. The episode where the sixth man gets cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely doesn't get renewed. Um, the Yeah, you're talking about uh, Fox... Uh, the guy that plays alongside Fox in the uh, lineup right now is Tyrese Halliburton. And with Lamelo injured, Halliburton has actually moved up to number one spot on the rookie ladder for rookie of the year. He's averaging 13 points per game, three rebounds per game, and five assists. Is he your new pick for rookie of the year, Bray? Absolutely. Uh, one, because it's an opportunity for me to be a homer, obviously. And uh, second of all, he is in this time that he's been in the starting lineup, they have just been a much better team, even with this kind of weird hodgepodge three-guard thing. It's not a great fit, but they're still making it work. And that's testament to him as a player. He knows how to win. And the main, his main rival, obviously Anthony Edwards, is averaging 17-4-2 and two over in Minnesota. So relatively similar. However, you look at their shooting splits... Halliburton is 48% from the field, 42% from three, and 87% from behind the line. And Edwards is 39% from the field, 31% from three, and 78% from the free throw line. And it's it, like literally, it's like 10%. He's just not an, not an efficient player. And then obviously, the other thing you look at is they've got his team has 10 more wins like 10, it's not like two more wins, it's 10 more wins. It's, it's a big difference. So for me, he's far and away the best guy. I don't think it's close. And I think you will continue to see Edwards' numbers rise because he is getting an insane amount of playing time and an insane amount of shots. So you're going to see Edwards maybe get up to 18, maybe get up to 20 points, but keep expect to see those shooting splits very low because it's not official what he's doing. And Halliburton, I think, especially if the Kings can put together a run, should be the runaway rookie of the year. Could not agree with you more, Bray. 100%. Anthony Edwards, apparently I've heard, he is only second behind Bradley Bill in shots attempted. <laughs> I'm not having it. I'm not having it. The team sucks. You're, they're literally just trying to force him to get rookie of the year. They're doing a Michael Carter-Williams. We did yeah. that. It's not good, bro. We won 10 games. Anyway. Okay. Uh, I've got a question, though. Do yeah. you think, like, who would be, who's the better rookie of the year then, assuming Halliburton gets it? Would it be Halliburton this year, or would it be Malcolm Brogdon when he won because he'd be renewed? Halliburton this year. Because Brogdon only averages, yeah. averaged 10 points per game. And he, the only reason he won is because Embiid was injured. Embiid should have won, but he was 
missed too many games. Halliburton is one of the main options for Sacramento where, um, what's his face? Middle, uh, Brogdon was like, what was he? An auxiliary player? He was just like third or fourth option or fifth. Bench, yeah. he was, he was, was he on the bench? No, was he a starting player? I don't think he was a starting player, was he not? Maybe I'm getting confused. He's dying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll see how, uh, if Tyrese can take home that rookie, rookie of the year. If he doesn't, I'm boycotting that award. Uh, let's go, Tyrese. Uh, all right. Well, that wraps up this uh, division. Ed didn't like that, but it's all right. He just doesn't appreciate good basketballs. It's all good, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that wraps up this division. We're going to come back with Atlantic. I'm sure more spots are going to fly in a little bit. There we go. Let's head to the Atlantic. Uh, let's cro- cross over uh, and hit up these teams. We are going to start where it seems like we always start um, at the top of this division, and that is with the Brooklyn Nets, who they sit in second place, but I'm pretty sure they're going to be overtaking my sixes anytime soon. Uh, the new superpower in the league, or the new Thanos, as Joel likes to call it. Uh, I think that's what you call it. They're 3-1 yeah. this week. They're 34-16 and 16 overall. Um What's happening in Brooklyn, George? Ooh, thing, things are good, man. Things are good. Well, let's let's look at the week. Before before we start, let's look at the week. They played um, four games. They had uh, Timberwolves, Rockets, Charlotte, okay? And the Bulls, sorry. And out of all of these, they, they, they lost to the Bulls, okay? So, I, me personally, I was hoping for a sweep week. So, um, yeah. I didn't know how to feel about this one because when I woke up and I saw the results, I was happy for, like, <laughs> the Bulls and everything. But then, of course, I saw it was the Nets. Um, that game, again, it was one of those ones which we spoke about before, which was um, tough to watch. Um, Irving did uh, try and will the, the team back into it, especially towards the end. But I think by that time, it was a bit too little too late. Um, Booch was putting on a show, and he has been for the Bulls. Who's Booch? I said Booch. I'm sorry, Booch. So Bulls are ego. Is that like the Bulls also ego? It's called Booch now? Yeah, Booch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Booch. Yeah, so Booch has been putting on a show um, and he, he had another good performance in that game, finished with a double-double. I think it was ended 20 points and 11 rebounds in that game. So, yeah, I'm very good with that. Uh, again, it seems at this moment, because KD's out and, of course, Harden has recently uh, gone out as well, um, Nash is trying to test new combinations with the teams and adjust it while he has this time to do so, to build that chemistry before, obviously, KD's soon return. Can't wait for that. Um, to help out a bit more, which will which be great. Um, so one of the big trials which they did try was obviously um, the Griffin and Aldridge combination. Um, from what it seemed, it didn't quite go as well as they were expecting. Um, while they were on the floor uh, within the first couple of minutes, let me just get the results of, yeah. Yeah, so they were outscored by 10 points. So yeah not really what they wanted there. Um, however, with that being said, um, Marcus Aldridge, since his start, has averaged 11 points and six rebounds in the first two games for Brooklyn. 
which is not too bad. And on Wednesday night, of course, Harden left the game with that third quarter due to hamstring tightness. But yeah. Yeah, man, it was it was an odd one. Um, we'll see how they get on going forward. They've got the Knicks, Pelicans and Lakers coming up. So, yeah. You make a point about Blake and uh, Aldridge. They actually, not only did they get outscored by 10 points, but they both sat the final 16 minutes. So when mm-hmm. the Nets were trying to make a push to get back into the game, like you said with Kyrie, he had 15 assists. They weren't used. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to ask, Jordan, in what situation works well for the Nets to use Blake and LaMarcus? And does that work for them moving forward? Like when it comes to playoff time, crunch time, how are they going to utilise these players? What do you see? Um, yeah, again, that's a tough one. From what I saw, I didn't very much like it. For me, um, and from what I've heard, um, it's not something that we will see often. And even Nash quoted himself that it's not something that he's going to lean into heavily. Um, I think it was definitely a fun experiment to try it out. Um, but I don't with when you've got other options and better combinations on the field, I don't see that as a potential like, okay, guys, we're gonna pull this move out to pick us up. So I, I don't think we'll we'll rarely see an appearance from that, you know. It's kind of that thing which you just want to sweep under the carpet and just I bet it'll go away <laughs> for a little bit. <laughs> leave, leave, leave no evidence. Okay, I yeah. get you, I get you, I get you. Mm-hmm. The, the second team, we're still number one. And I was so excited to talk about the Sixers because, you know, I messaged Bray and I was like, thank you, Bulls. You've done us a huge favour. You've got us a win. Let's beat the Grizzlies tonight. What happens? Get absolutely blown out by the Grizzlies at home. It's a joke. It's a joke. You know, Philly fans are known for being fickle. I'm a bit fickle. I'm a bit. I'm pissed off. I'm pissed off. Uh, we're two and two this week, with with the same record as the Nets. We are 34 and 16 as well. Wally, take the reins on this one. I'm I'm still annoyed about last night, bro. Yeah, man. I'm gonna do you a little bit of justice. I, I definitely couldn't call you a fickle fan, but uh, yeah, pissed off. Fair fair enough, dude. Um, I will say that uh, you guys have been really sort of holding it down uh, without Embiid. Obviously, he has now made his return, but they're not playing him in back-to-backs, which is why that you've struggled a little bit this week. Um, I think maybe you guys are, are finally just sort of got your arms in the air, like, can we get our, our superstar back, please? Um, <laughs> you, you're at the point now where um, Brooklyn and you guys are actually tied at the top um, now. So it's now in the home stretch, it's going to see who's going to get that that home court advantage all the way through, um, hopefully up until the finals if they can uh, if they can get there. Um, but um, I just want to, I mean, you guys finally beat Cleveland, uh, which isn't <laughs> but my God, this season you uh, you played them three times. The first two times you guys lost to them, um, and you guys got the win, thank God, and without Embiid as well. Um, and it wasn't because of the starters, man. Um, Shake Milton had 27, 5 and 4. And Dwight Howard, 18, 18 and 15. Okay? The Woo! big man. Shake your Hall head. Of Famer. Oh, Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Stop it. Shake Milton your head, bro. I'm telling you right now. Dwight Howard. Okay. Dwight Howard. Superman. <laughs> 
Dwight Howard is 18th in the league in rebounds with only 17 minutes. You in in the top, he has the least amount of minutes in the top 50 rebounders in the league. This man is coming off the bench and putting in work. So I do really like what he's doing. We we me me and Alex have been buzzing about that pickup from the get go of the season. So I'm really glad that is working out the way that it is. Two million. Um, what do you say? Two million. Two million. Is man, crazy, crazy, crazy really stuff. Um. So it's awesome, man. Yeah, and um, they're second um, in defensive efficiency, and thirteenth in offensive. Um, so you know, with the with B coming back a bit more regularly, you'll expect to see the uh, the, the position of thirteenth in offensive efficiency go up as well. Um, so uh, again, hats off to the uh, to the coaching um, to maintain through this time because. Yeah, man, you're tied top and uh, you haven't even had your main boy, which I know you could turn for the next two, but, you know. Yeah, there, there's some really fun storylines with the Sixers this week. Without Embiid, we were top. Uh, we had the top defence by five points next to the closest competitor, which was really good. Uh, we had the Cat and Embiid matchup, which was amazing to watch because yeah. we haven't seen a rivalry like that in a long time and we're going to talk about that and shoot your shot. So we're going to hold that thought. Yeah. Um, and then the final point that I wanted to talk about is Ben, ben Simmons. What are you doing, bro? You have five points against the Cavs. Um, and then you have seven points against the Grizzlies. <laughs> where's Where's the aggressiveness gone? Uh, we were aggressive in the first again? quarter. I was watching it live and... Um... If you watch that first quarter, you go, all right, here we go. We're about to have a big Ben game. But um, it just didn't happen that way. Um, so I, I, I don't know where I don't know where it starts and ends with him, um, you know, within the game. Uh, he picks his spots, man. But, uh, yeah, it's one of those, one of those silly games. Because they, they're not even that big a team. Like, and anybody who's as big as him, he's way faster. So he should be doing bits on them. Yeah. yeah. Let's uh let's talk about something which is a bit off the court. Uh, yeah. We we talk about Tobias. He's had he's had a really good week recently. Uh, he had a team high against the Timberwolves or a sixer high, sorry. Um, mm. And he collaborated with Boban, uh, Mister Euron, uh, Bobby and Toby are back in the new Goldfish Crackers commercial, which is really funny. We'll check it out. It's really good. Wadi, I wanted to know who is your favourite friendship in the league? We'll go all the time. Which two guys do you like seeing uh, joke around and have, have some fun? I really like uh, D-Wade and Shaq friendship. That was that was one of my more favourites. Because um, Shaq's a prankster. Um, and yeah, it was really young Wade, uh, but he had all the athleticism in the world and um, all the skill and a bright future. And I think, yeah, Shaq came in saying to D-Wade, hey man, like, you know, this crap that happened with Kobe. Yeah, if we're going to win a championship, we can't have these problems kind of thing. And, you know, it, uh, it, it worked, yeah, worked out well, man. Yeah, so uh, yeah, if I was going all the time, that, that would be my favourite. I also like the fact that Vince Carter and Tracy McGrady never knew they were cousins before they were actually on an NBA franchise together. <laughs> Obviously, it's a bit sad that, that they never stayed together because, yeah, T-Mac was, yeah, he's, he's as good, if not better than VC, in my opinion. And he wanted his own team and it just didn't work out. So, but yeah, I think potentially that could have been my favorite. But I'm going with Shaq and D Wade. All right, cool. Uh, 
the Sixers' main rival is the Boston Celtics, and we're going to head there next. This team is 500. It seems all the time this team is 500. Two and two this week. They're 20, 25 and 25 of a roll. Bray, what's going on in Bostonia? Yeah, it's been an interesting few weeks, obviously, since we last spoke about them. They add Evan Fournier uh, to the roster. They lose Daniel Tice. They add, uh, I think it was Luke Cornette they ended up with. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, end up with Luke on that. Um, so it's a slightly different roster, but if you asked before the trade deadline, you would have said it should be more different because they had that massive trade exception. Everyone was floundering, panicking. I think probably for the week after the trade deadline, we saw Evan Pointer come out, shoot like zero of 10 in his first game. Everyone's going, oh, the Celtics are rubbish. They've blown it. Look at what they got back from all those Nets picks and they've done nothing. They're not even a contender. And everyone's like, oh, they're so underwhelming. I would like to remind everyone, even at 500, they are one game out of the four seed. They are very much in the mix. If you told me at the start of the year, the Boston Celtics will be in, you know, a four, five or six seed, I'd probably say that's about right. Um, Does anyone else expect any more of them? You know, personally... Personally, not. Um, as you said, five and five in their last ten losses to the Mavs, to the Bucks. Um, yeah, fair enough. Those are some good teams. Also to the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, the Kings. That's disappointing, isn't it? I mean, again, we're back in the modicum of inconsistency. But I think part of that is due to the new pieces fitting in. How do they fit in, and and what does it look like? So. Fournier is is obviously, you know, still finding his footing, but is an excellent piece to add to this roster, which was exemplified in their win against the Hornets. And they killed the Hornets. Granted, the Hornets are not the team they've been all season because they don't have their star point guard and their star small forward, who are the two best players on the team. So we'll, we'll take this with a pinch of salt. But importantly for the Celtics, no one plays more than 28 minutes. Um, that was the highest total anyone played. Tatum and Smart both played 28 minutes. And the scoring was 22 for Tatum, 17 for Brown, 16 for the Time Lord, 12 for Marcus Smart, 12 for Kemba, 17 for Evan Fournier off the bench. And then um, Peyton Pritchard added five points there as well. But this is a stark difference to what we saw at the start of the year. At the start of the year, you probably would have seen Tatum with 30 and Brown with 25. And they both played 35 minutes. And that's what it took for this team to beat the Hornets. Like, that's what you would have seen. It's so refreshing to see a balanced approach. And in that game, um, a lot of people were picking up. They had so much drive and kick. Because now they've got Smart, Tatum, Walker, Brown and Fournier as five guys. Who you, you're pretty confident they, they can beat their man if they get the right, right, right matchup. And if you've got those people to rely on, it can get your offense flowing much better. I've criticized um, Brad Stevens in the past for, you know, I thought he was one of the reasons it was too difficult. And now they've got help. I expect him to make it work, um, work there as well. We stay in Boston for my stat line of the week. I love this guy, man. It's Robert Williams, okay? 20 points, nine rebounds, eight assists, one steal, two blocks. He went nine for nine from the field. 
no turnovers in 26 minutes. Mad, mad. Rob Williams. The Tam Lord. Let's do the Tam Lord. Uh, no, that's wrong. No, that's wrong. Okay. <laughs> right. But, Bray, I want to talk about this um, because you are the guy who says, I wanted to party with Dennis Rodman, right? Paul Pierce went on his Instagram live, which seemed like a bachelor party where he was playing pokers and there was strippers everywhere. What is going on, Bray? Why is, what's he doing? Honestly, that is, it's insane that, like, he would do that in the year 2021. Like, Has he just figured out what Instagram Live is? I don't even know. Like, <laughs> I, he, I don't know whether he, like, had too many and thought it was a good idea and was like, oh, this, this would be great, let's just do this. Or whether he is just, like, classic old man, like, oh, oh you know, I'll, I'll take this, review it later. Um... And, and maybe I'll post it if it's appropriate and he's just not realised it's going like I don't even know which one of those it was yeah. um, but my oh, it's just it's just funny it's just it's just one of the big one of the biggest I, I don't know is it the biggest social media slip up since D'Angelo Russell um, was caught snitching Katie's burners oh Katie's burners yeah uh, yeah so the biggest biggest thing since since the burners and this since the various oh. And, 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 and uh, Brian Colangelo's oh, burners as well. That was awful. Yeah. <laughs> What's his face? Myers Leonard. Oh, oh yeah. That's that a great point. Oh, Very good. Jeez. Oh, okay, now... I think this is funnier, though. Paul Pierce with a bunch of... This is not, <laughs> this is not on, the, on the level of Myers Leonard. We've seen, obviously, Myers Leonard's now out of the league. Is Paul Pierce going to get dropped as a result of this? Probably not. I mean, is he going to... I, know, I, no, I think because I, he's like he's a good analyst I think he's he's good he comes out with some outlandish stuff people make fun of him he, he's banders with people like people people like watching him he's, he's kind of I think he's he's got a place on, on on the networks for a long time and this is just quite funny I don't think you can you can be offended by it but I don't think many people are going to be offended by it so uh, yeah he, he, that's going to be a tough meeting you know. I'm like Oh, what did I do? Oh man, I got to meet with some Disney bosses, uh, and we we're gonna have to talk some stuff out. I might I might get fined, suspension, some of that. Ray, you describing Paul Pierce sounds like he's your NBA and this spirit animal. Like everything you're saying about him makes me feel as what you think you are, how you think you do on this part. I, th I think you're. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you think uh, you're better than Dwayne um, Wade? Am I better than Dwayne Wade? I don't know. I haven't. I haven't watched. Have you got a better career than Dwayne Wade? Yeah, sort of. They don't love <laughs> you like that. They don't love you like that. Indeed. Best, best Paul Pierce moment: throwing the headband into the stands and it gets thrown back. Right. Ultimate disrespect. Disrespectful. <laughs> they ain't got love for you like that. Dude, you ain't Kobe. You ain't Kobe. He's silent. You ain't Kobe. Like, Draymond owned him. He was <laughs> silent. He oh got him so good. <laughs> He was like, yeah, no, yeah, you're actually right. Let's head to Tampa. Yes, we're not heading to the six. We're, we're still in Tampa because that's where the Raptors are. Uh, really struggling this season. They're one and two this week. They're 19 and 30 overall. Talk about Canada's team. Lancashire Lambert. Oh, the Raptors. Well, yeah, they've won two of their last 15 games. Um, it's a very, 
very poor run of form of late. Um, the last time that I spoke about the Raptors, I put their poor run of form down to them missing three of their um, key starting five in Van Vliet, Siakam and Ananobi. Well, they've all returned. And since then, since their return, the poor form has continued. Um, since, since the return of the ball, they've had defeats to the Pistons twice, the Cavs, the Rockets and OKC. So it is grim um, for the Toronto Raptors at the moment. Um, this, where do we start? Um, this week, they, they got beat by the Blazers, 122 to 117, um, in which they scored 74 points in the first half and led by six. However, they proceeded to go and score 10 points in the third quarter. And that was what ultimately cost them the game as uh, they lost by five points. Um, that was obviously the game, first game after the trade for Norman Powell and Gary Trent Jr. So Norman Powell scored 13 points for the Blazers and then Gary Trent Jr. Um, got six points and seven rebounds for the Raptors. And then, yeah, another defeat after that to the Pistons, 118 to 104 in the main standout from that game was that the Pistons bench uh, scored 65 points to the Raptors' 24. So pretty embarrassing there. And the Pistons shot 50% from the field and from three-point range, whereas the Raptors only shot 40% and 30% um, from those splits. So poor there. And then a loss to OKC, in which they got the 113 to 103. Again, Similar to the Blazers game, they're actually up. They're up by eight at the half and even up by two going into the fourth quarter. However, they only scored 14 points in that final quarter, um, which, again, ultimately cost them the game. Uh, although some positives from that was Gary Trent Jr. got a career high of 31 points, um, six, um, six three points from 11 shots. And Ananobi chipped in with 20 points too. And there was also uh, 11 rebounds. However, the main reason, again, for that defeat, um, OKC, 64 rebounds to the Raptors, 35. So just getting crushed everywhere. And then, of course, as I touched on earlier with the Warriors, they absolutely demolished them, 130-77, uh, which was the biggest win in the NBA this season. Drop those stats. The, Drop and, those the biggest, stats. and the biggest in Raptors franchise history. Yes, we're ending on a positive. Um, <laughs> Gary Trent Jr., 24 points, plus 50. It's the second most of all time on the plus minus. Plus fifty-seven is is the is the is the is in first place. Pascal Siakam was plus forty-nine, therefore makes him the third highest of all time. Now he got thirty-six points on his twenty-seventh birthday. Nice little contribution for him. And the the stat that really shocked me the most. So the first quarter and the final quarter, the Raptors actually only won by one point in each of those. However, across the second and the third quarters put together, they outscored the Warriors 81 to 30. So, wow. 51 point margin across two quarters. So, yeah. Wow. They, they finally turned up. Um, Matt, you spoke about Trent Jr. On my thing, it says plus 54, but it is the second all time. And like you said, 50, plus 57 is the highest. Can anybody guess, Matt, obviously, if you know, don't guess. Can anybody guess who this player is? And I'll tell you a clue. This player was featured yeah. in the Sixers photo that I sent across where it's all of them standing. Uh, the, the the tanking team, Embiid's yeah. there. 
Uh, Noel's there. He's it's a player from that. I mean, those those are the only two I knew from that. So I can put you out. I can put, I can I can put you out of the misery. Can we do that? Embaro yeah. Mute. Oh no, Embaro Mute. Ah, Last fifty-seven in a Rockets win versus the Nuggets in twenty seventeen. Ah. Wow. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, like you said, Gary Trent Jr., plus 54, second best mark since they started tracking this in 96. That's crazy. I didn't know about the Siakam thing. He's third. With a stick on uh, Trent Jr., he's averaging 16.8 points per game, uh, 3.6 rebounds per game, and 43% from three. What have you seen from him since you joined the team? Um, I think when, when, when the trade first happened, there's obviously the switch with Norman Powell. So I was just having a look through the numbers and actually pretty similar between the two of them in terms of like Norman Powell's getting 20 points per game, Trent Juniors gets about 17 and those shooting splits that you just mentioned are pretty similar between the two. Um, obviously the advantage for the Raptors out of this deal is that Trent Junior is five years Powell's junior. Um, so, but in terms of his performances of late, he obviously had a bit of a slower start in his first couple of games, um, but really picked up well and um, Again, as I touched on in OKC, he got that career-high 31 points and then this great contribution against the Raptors as well with 24 points. So it seems like he's he's clicked in already. Um, obviously, like, big boots to fill with Norman Powell because he was just shooting the lights out um, in his past few weeks uh, for Toronto. But if he can if he can be, like, this steady contributor and get keep getting chipping away 18, 19, 20 points per game, there's... It's it's perfect. It's a it's a perfect deal for the Raptors, especially considering he's only twenty two years of age. Yeah, great great point. They've got youth on their side of that deal. Um, let's see if where the Raptors end up at the end of the season. That is a really interesting storyline. Let's head to New York. Let's close out the Atlantic uh, with House Lasky. One and three this week. They're twenty five and twenty five overall. Same same uh, record as the Celts, as we spoke about earlier. Ed, let's talk about the Knicks. Copy and paste everything Bray said about the Celtics. We'll put it in, in New York about all the positives. Now, um, again, if, at the start of the season, if we were to say the Celtics are 500, not Celtics, sorry. If the Knicks are 500, then yeah, you would be super pleased with that. Uh, as you mentioned, Alex, 25 and 25. They went five and six since the last time we spoke. So they were above 500 last time we spoke, but again, still there and thereabouts. One and three this week, and their losses. Well, I'll go on, on a bit more about them a bit later. So, in that sort of uh, in that sort of ten game, some of their losses. So those five losses, uh, they lost the Nets by. They were all very close. They lost the Nets by five points. They lost to the Sixers by three points. Then had another game. Sixers went to overtime, lost by a point, and they also lost to the Timberwolves by a point. There was some really nice play by Anthony Edwards at the end of the game against RJ Barrett, and which I felt, you know, you guys being a bit too harsh on boy Anthony Edwards. I think he's for for the situation he's in. He is in in Minnesota. I think he's doing pretty well. I mean, he is getting a lot of shots, but it's not easy to be taking all the shots on the team. Not everyone can do it anyway. But I, I, th I think you guys have been a bit harsh on Anthony Edwards. But hey, we're not talking about the Timberwolves. Uh, during their last uh, 10 games, there's only really been uh, three games where they managed to score more than 105 points, and which is very, very low considering how teams, it's just such an offensive league nowadays. They were 106 points against Washington, 131 points again against Washington, 125 points against the Pistons. So they are really struggling on the offensive end and being able to, to score points. 
Defensively, again, they're still really, really good and can still cause a lot of team issues, but it's just getting the offensive output that you would want. Um, it's just not there. And then I was starting to think about their team and watching their games. I'm like, cool, you know what um, Julius Randle will give you? He'll give you a bunch of buckets. And then outside of Julius, you've got RJ. I mean, still in second year, still a little bit inconsistent at time, but can get you points. Then you've got Reggie Bullock, Alec Burks. And I'm like, well, actually, all the remaining scorers are guards. So I went to check this up and I was like, oh shit. Outside of Julius Randle, there is no big man who gets them any points at all. Um, so Julius Randle, 23 points. RJ Barrett, 17 a game. Alec Burks, 13 a game. Emmanuel Quickly, 12 a game. Alfred Payton, 12 a game. Derek Rose, 12 a game. Reggie Bullock, 10 a game. That is eight players, and only one of them is a front court player. And all the offensive workload and that sort of and that that sort of that end of the court, it's all on Julius Randle. Um, you'll have to go down to Mitchell Robinson, who's averaging eight points a game, but has been injured for most of the year. And then Taj Gibson, who's played 23 games, who's averaging five points. Then you get Taji down Ball. to Nerlens Noel. Who's... <laughs> Dude, I can't Defense believe he's made a comeback. Super good. Oh. I, I saw him a couple games against the Magic, and he did, he did really well against Fuji a couple of times to limit his possessions. He played really physical with him. And then Nerlens Noel, five points a game as well. Kevin Knox, five points a game. Um, Obi Topin, four points a game averaging. It's really disappointing there, oh. front court production. Yeah, exactly. Um and then the, re the reason why I looked into this as well is I have a look at some more of their advanced um, offensive stats. They are last in possessions per game this year. They only got 99 possessions per game. Uh, the second this year and the last from last year was 100, which, again, it's not that much. But if you've got one less possession every single game, I guess it totals up. And especially when you're losing these close games, as I mentioned, one-point game, three-point games, games in overtime, you would like to have those extra possessions. Um They've also got the second lowest uh, pace in the NBA. So they're not really pushing the ball. No, sorry. They've got the lowest pace in the NBA. They're not really pushing the ball that much. And they've got the second lowest uh, uh, assist percentage. So again, it's a lot of ISO ball and the ball isn't moving around as much as you're like. I guess part of it is because they don't necessarily have the talent. They don't have a point guard who... It would be really nice if they could have a point guard who can distribute the ball as a playmaker and can also make some shots and drive to the rim a bit more. But again, saying that, I just said that they don't have any front court players either. So there are there is a bit of a talent gap for New York. The New York state of mind, though, what uh, the New York foundations uh, they're built across the ball handling and and guard heavy play. So that's that's quite interesting that the personality behind the team is that. Ed, I wanted to ask you something quite personal. Uh, so Knicks fans in attendance uh, against the Mavs, uh, they shouted, "KP sucks." Uh, because Paul Zingas was playing against them and obviously had the falling out with the organisation. It didn't end too well. Ed, I want to know, um, if you were a fan, which player would you want to boo? Good question. I wouldn't say Aaron Gordon, but he's getting close to that. Um... Wow, it's turned on him real quick. How would I know? Give me a player, go on. Who? I, I, I need to think because I want to give a right answer. Give, give, give me the countdown clock. Give me the countdown clock. Uh, uh, Wally, can you give me the Jeopardy music? Like. The Je Jeopardy <laughs> music? <laughs> no, no, no. Jeopardy. I want Jeopardy. Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. something now. Oh, we need while this is going on. It's like images of like hecklers. 
by Ed Sims. Like, and the monkey, like the, the monkey with the yeah. in, in the meantime, for me, if, if I was at a cat game, oh, <laughs> oh, you're a prick. You're a prick. <laughs> Dude, he won't stop off that dog. We haven't talked about that. <laughs> what about um, Jordan, Matt? What, who do you want to be? Ooh. I'm going to take the moral, moral high ground here and say no one because I'm a nice person. Yeah, town. Nah, like <laughs> as much as like that's a politically correct answer, that I think I'd probably boo D Wade. I'm so angry about the dunk contest. Uh, <laughs> did you see Shaq's comeback for that? Oh, that was brilliant. When they were talking about the 50 number. <laughs> I mean, I deflated the Josh Smith jersey. Um, <laughs> with Damari Carroll, so I guess that's the right just thing. Ed, come on. I, I don't I don't have anyone I really dislike. Like, if you told me football, I fucking hate El Hajjouf. So I would have said El Hajjouf for football. But, like, for MK, I can't really think of anyone I dislike, even historically. I don't think there's a player I specifically dislike. That's, a, like, a little bit of a prick. I can't think of anyone. Can you spell? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, the, yeah, perfect. <laughs> You're right. You're right. You right. Yeah, I got you. You know what? I'm I changed my mind. I know I didn't say anything, but I thought of the perfect one. Bradley Beal. Just to see him do the... Me? Yeah, that is... <laughs> That's really good. That's really good. All right, cool. Leaderboard time. And as you guys know, leaderboard is updated. Uh, thank you, whoever did that. Um, well, we're going through. Well done, Mr. Bray. Uh, the reason Bray is feeling like this is because we have a little bet if Bray goes under 400, I slip up to uh, the number five spot. But as, well, you can't see, but I will tell you that Bray is currently still in last spot. He's 120 to 177, but he's over the 400 uh, mark. That's not something to be celebrating about, man. That's not <laughs> good. That's <laughs> not a good look, Bray. Um, Timberwolves worst team, best team are the Heat. Finally, you've got a team over 500. Wow. Uh, Lancashire Lambert in fourth place, 131 to 152. You're at 46%. Your best team is Denver Nuggets, who are rolling. Look out for them. I think they're a contender. And your worst team is the Wizards. Or it might be the Cubs. Yeah. Um, in, in third place, as always, is the Paranthic Express, um, <laughs> Mr. Blackout. Uh, you are, wow, 155 to 139. You continue to climb. You're at 52% now while you're, you're rolling. You're, you're best, your best team the, uh, in Arizona, the Suns, and your worst team is Detroit. Uh, House of 03. Go on, Marty, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, like, out of my divisions, Hawks are tied in the top of their division. Suns are top of their division. And I've got one more that's the top of their division. It's just Detroit are that bad that they are, they are anchoring the boat that is trying to sail towards Jordan's Island. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you've got to hope that they play uh, some good teams because that's the only teams they seem to, to beat. But yeah, so Houseway 3, second place as, as, as normal, 162 to 133. He's at 54%, but right on 55%. You, your best team are the Nets, and your worst team are the, the Bulls. Oh my god! Mm. Um, and then, and then House Lasky. 
Very close. 169 wins, 137 losses. You're at 55%. So there's 1% separating you. And to be honest, I think you're pretty happy that LeBron and AD are, are down right now. Because uh, the Lakers <laughs> the Lakers are anchoring it down. No happier than me. I'm coming out of second sport, John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You better, you better fix your camera, boy. <laughs> you wait, man. You wait. Don't worry. Um, your best team, Ed, is the Clips, and your worst team is the Magic. Yeah, what? so... What? Utah? Yeah. What are you on about? Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. The Jazz. The Jazz are your best team. I was testing you. Gosh, you are part of the reason. You are part of the reason why Utah gets no respect. It's all well, your fault, Alex. Well, tell you're going to take, take them first? Uh, <laughs> I will not reveal my tactics. I will not reveal my tactics. <laughs> to be fair... I was doing a little. I was doing a little mock thingy, like seeing how I would take the teams, and it gets very interesting once you get down to the second round. I was like, oh, mm. <laughs> is that nice? All right, cool. That wraps up uh, week sixteen in terms of division discussion. Um, we are we're gonna take a short break, and we'll be back with shoot your shot. <laughs> <laughs> 